Elon Musk is buying Twitter for $44 billion. What do you want to talk about, Owen? As you know, citizens uh, of the world, we need a platform that allows us to really speak our mind. So it feels counteract. Listen, when people talked bad about Tesla, Elon Musk had them either fired from the company or banned off Twitter. Like there's things that Elon Musk has done for people that talk bad about him. Hello and welcome to the Hustle Over Everything podcast. This is the podcast where you receive stories, tips, and tactics from entrepreneurs who have done it. I'm Alex. And I'm Owen Osinde. And today we're having a wildcard episode, a wildcard episode where you just chop it up, talk about trending topics, whatever's going on in the world, and just check in with each other. Yes, so, you're Owen, my guy, what's popping, bro? How are you? Alex Witter, back in the sixth side. Yes, sir, yo. Back from vacation. Yes. How you doing, bro? It was a vacation, bro. <laughs> it was a vacation. Vacation. I felt like a bay out there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that is not what vacation means, fam. What's vacation? Vacation means you are with another person on vacation. Ah, man, so you yeah. went there solo. I, I went there solo. I went there to be rejuvenated. You know, it's mm-hmm. been a minute since I've taken a vacation. And actually, I've never taken a vacation in a while, bro. From university, from graduation to working, corona making things messed up. It felt like a treat being out there. And uh, yeah, I went to Tulum. And I stayed at Selena. So Selena, if you've never been to Selena, it's a group of like different hostel resorts from everywhere in the world. A lot of digital nomads work out of there. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you want to grind and want to get away from the city, if you're in New York or somewhere in North America or anywhere in the world, but you want to go to somewhere hot and meet other cool people, Selena is definitely one of those places I definitely recommend. And you can do it on a budget. And uh, I met a lot of amazing people, bro. Um, made some awesome connections and everyone was super friendly everyone wanted to connect with you I remember just one morning I was like going to uh, put on my contacts in and then I was asking one of the guys like you know where's the, where's the where do you go to eat breakfast this guy was coming down this group of guys they were there for a bachelor party and uh, they're like yo bro like you know you know when black people see each other like yo like bro 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 like what's up on? whatever whatever so I ended up like linking with this guy yeah, we're putting up some TikToks. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going live on TikTok. You're going live on TikTok? Yes, you have oh, a th- shit. This not- is the first time we've gone live on TikTok, guys. Exactly. We just Sorry to cut, try to cut you off. Fo- followers. Yes, make sure you're following us on TikTok. Sorry to cut you off, man. My, no, bro, my, it's all good. I was going to say, man, I actually thought our TikTok was dead because we were posting for like a year or so and nothing came out of it. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? All right, it's okay, bro, if the camera's on you, man. You don't, you, don't, you don't mind? Yeah, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind. All right. There you go. Okay. Boom. So. Man, I link up with this guy, right? And then we go for breakfast, and I'm sitting there, and then this other girl right there from San Diego, and this other guy who was from L.A., he didn't really sit much with us. But overall, I was just like, I saw this other lady sitting by herself. I'm like, hey, like, we're here all together. You want to come join us for breakfast? We ended up becoming friends. We all started becoming friends at that table, man. It was just awesome, bro. And um, I remember, like, the first day I landed in Tulum, and you know the the cab dropped me off and first thing i did is like i just put on my flip-flops my shorts my t-shirt and i ran to the sea like i ran to the water and just standing like right there by the water and hearing the the sound of the ocean and just seeing palm trees and feeling the weather especially being cooped up here in the condo in toronto bro it was the most euphoric feeling ever I, i cannot describe it i felt like I felt like a lid has been lifted off of me and I can legit fly off and be free. I felt free. 
You felt free. I felt free. You know, you could take it. Finally, exhale. Let it go. Man, just the parties, the people, like the, the energy, the the heat. Was the it good food, food over there? Bro. Talk, tell me about the, the food in Tulum. Man, the food. I went to this restaurant called Awa de Mar. Okay. And it was like set up in like a jungle. So I met two friends. Uh, one of them was Cynthia and Steph. They went to dinner together. And I remember, bro, like the richness and flavor of these tacos and the pizza, like local ingredients, bro. I remember just eating it. I was like, wow, this is unreal. Legit, I was looking at the girls and like, guys, like this food is amazing, you know? And the local tacos are on point too. Bro, just the food is just fresh. How was the tequila? Tequila, bro. I was drunk every day. Yeah. I was, I was just, Relaxing. I was getting sauce. <laughs> Tequilas, margaritas, Negronis, okay. Old Fashions, mm-hmm. um, spritzes, everything you can name. And I was sitting at a beach club, too, so you have servers serving you at the beach. That's so true. So they're, like, with, like, a bucket of, like, ice and drinks and everything, and guys are serving me. I'm there with the girls just chilling, like, having a good time looking at the water, talking, having talks, learning about acupuncture this uh, from San Diego was learning acupuncture. She was teaching bro about acupuncture, which you should do acupuncture, man. She showed me like the textbook of everything that she's learning about. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, it was awesome just seeing people from different backgrounds and different careers and even entrepreneurs working on some amazing projects and um, having good conversations. You know, it's like one of those are like, hi, 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 whatever, you go to a networking event or whatever. I hate those. No, bro, we're here living together. We are gonna like, you need me, I need you. Like, and we just built a relationship from that. So I walked away from that whole experience with feeling as if I've made friends of a lifetime. Like, if I go to Mexico, I know of people I can contact. If I go to San Diego, I have friends. If I go to Zurich, I got friends there. If I go to um, anywhere in the world, like in Spain, like Israel. I met a couple of Israeli guys from, from, from there. It, it, it's just like... I think a relationship can foster that quick uh, off a few, like for a week. Do I feel like a, a relationship can foster like that? Yeah. Yeah, because I think when people are vulnerable, and I feel like when people are together in one space and you're there alone, you have no other option but to open up. Mm. You have no other option but to actually reach out and actually extend a hand and be like, hey, I'm whatever. Because if you're there alone, you can feel scared and not safe, especially if something happens to you. Like, no one is there to protect you. So I think as humans, we need this communal feeling with each other and to really flourish, flocking together really helps. And it only helps if you flock with the people who have the similar mindset. And I was just fortunate to be blessed with people with a similar mindset that were of my kind, you know. And not just my kind, but, like, my kind in many different ways of, like, thinking, energy, positivity. Anything who was positive and really wanted to connect, that, that's my peeps. No, I, I hear that. I'm happy you had a good vacation. Oh, you actually got to this. relax. I deserve it's been a minute. It's been a minute. You've been man. hustling I, for a minute. Bro, the over I, everything needs, needs a chance. Man, I, like legit, I brought my laptop. I never even opened it. I'm happy you did it. I saw you on Instagram, and I said, "Get your ass off." <laughs> exactly. I said, "Get you I don't looking, tick it. I was looking at the numbers. Yeah, and I, I said, "Get like, your Yo, ass." Let me see how TikTok is doing and everything. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, you know, what? Alex, Alex is doing his thing out there. Like, I, I gotta just check out. 
Facts. And yeah, look how the TikTok is doing. That one uh, post. We could, listen, if you haven't followed us on TikTok, make sure you go do that. Um, we just touched our first thousand, like we mentioned earlier. And one of our clips got over 40,000 40, views. views. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Jasmine Lee. Shout out to Jasmine Lee. She gave some proper gems on how to buy a crib. Facts, facts. There was some pushback as well. You yeah. know, people were talking about Borrowell um, and, and the credit system that they use to showcase the, um, their credit That's rating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So... Yeah, yo. I'm happy for you, fam. I'm happy yeah. for you, dog. You needed Thank that. Thank you, man. I need, like, now I'm back. You know, I'm starting the new gig tomorrow. Refresh. Refresh, man. Clear-minded. I don't feel like this. There's, like, one thing, like, I think a lot of people go through, and it's, like, you feel as if, like, you're doing work. It's, like, busy work mixed with, with production. And I think we spoke about this a year and a half ago, like, in some early pods, about, like, working sometimes, and you're just doing the action, but you're not actually producing or even being creative, man. Mm-hmm. And I felt like... I had been doing the work, I was going through the motions, but I feel like I lost my creative inspiration just because I saw the same thing every day. Mm. So how can I even be inspired or think of new ideas if like I don't have different perspectives or energies? So I, I definitely recommend if you're an entrepreneur, make it a make it a point for yourself to actually get out of your environment and actually go out and search for new opportunities. Uh, maybe work at a different location. If you're stuck and you're working from home, work in like a different city. For a weekend and just see how that's really going to impact you because there's energy in every place you go and sometimes you just need to replenish your energy and i felt i needed to replenish my energy and once you replenish that energy man your creative forces are back in full effect most definitely yeah. you know who's replenished some creative energy who's that actually no nah, that's not gonna go it's not <laughs> i was trying to make a, a, a segue it wasn't hitting i was like nah i'm, I'm, I'm stressing replenishing the energy though you think he's replenishing the energy? Of course, he's he's uh he's bringing some new blood into the platform. Yes, Elon Musk is bringing new energy into Twitter. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. So let's talk about it, bro. Where should we start? There's there's a lot that's going on with this, and um, let's talk about why he wants to buy Twitter. Actually, let's talk about what's going on. Okay, so let's let's give them the facts. All right. So right now. First off, we're not a, a news platform. Let's preface that, you know. We're not a news platform. We're a podcast talking about what's happening in the world. So if you're thinking of us as a news platform, please, please. All right. So Elon Musk is buying Twitter for $44 billion. Want to talk about Owen? Of course. So Give Elon, him the Musk, Elon Musk is buying Twitter. Uh, he's put a bid for Twitter. It's still going through the due diligence process of uh, formulating so he can actually buy Twitter and actually plans to take it private. One of the things that uh, Elon Musk has seen is that, you know, what Twitter is, it's a public forum. It's like more of like the town hall of the internet. Everybody goes there to really speak about their ideas, to really share their thoughts, and uh, really just connect with people who, you know, within a tweet, within a little sentence, I can become friends with you and we can actually become friends and colleagues just from the ideas that we find interesting together. But over time, what Twitter has really transformed into, it's become a platform where a lot of people don't really have the ability to really share their thoughts without being uh, censored or really being shown as, this is not good for community guidelines. And the thing about this is that, who defines the community guidelines? And the thing is, it's always a shifting goalpost of what is allowed and what is not allowed. Things that could be factual are classified as disinformation who is knowing what disinformation is so over time the platform really started shifting towards more about a 
leftist side of um, viewing things. And what Elon saw was, like, okay, I get what you want to do, but you cannot give other people a voice just to push one way of thinking or what is not allowed to be said just because you disagree with it. I can disagree with you, but I need to have the freedom of actually speaking what I want to say without you thinking of some other way. And I might disagree with it, but I have a right to disagree, to with, disagree with you. And just because you disagree with me, I should not be shadow banned. I should not be banned. I should not be suspended. That is very unfair. So you're really creating a platform which has unified thinking and everybody's thinking and saying the same thing. So Elon Musk understanding this is like, you know what? I have the means. I have the ability. I'm a power user of the platform. Let me actually buy a piece of Twitter. He bought like 10% of Twitter. Nine, yeah. And then nine point something. Uh, we'll, we'll round it up to 10% just for like nice numbers. He bought 10% of Twitter. They offered him a board on, they offered him a seat at the board. He's like, no. And that was actually an amazing move because once you actually accept a seat at the board, you totally remove your powers of actually even perhaps doing a hostile takeover. Mm-hmm. So he, li- he legit left himself open for all his options of what he can do, truly maximize his uh, uh, stake in the business or somehow just come in and like as a separate entity, really come in and buy the whole thing. And as shareholders and board members, you have fiduciary obligation to really present the bids to everybody. If a price has been made to the board, you as a CEO, you have the ability to, you should and you must, according to like SEC laws, present that bidding to the shareholders. And $44 billion, if you're a shareholder and you don't really care about what Elon Musk is, but you're in it for a profit, you're definitely going to vote and say, you know what, we're going to make this purchase. So I think that's what went down. And uh, now we're looking at uh, Elon Musk reshaping Twitter and uh, making it a platform that uh, combines everybody who has opposing views and has the, the left views and the right wing views all together, but still moderate the platform where nobody feels as if like they're not safe. So what do you think? Why do you think he's going to do it in terms of uh, bettering society? Because one thing with, with Elon Musk is his whole platform is based off bettering society. That right? is his belief. So where do you think he's actually going to take it when now that it's going to be private? How do you think it play into that? I think what we're noticing is we're, we're noticing a shift in different platforms really uh, side politically with different people and I think as you know citizens uh, of the world we need a platform that allows us to really speak our minds because if we can't go to the newspaper and read without it being twisted the facts are twisted you're leaving something out for me to see a different thing I can't really trust it so Twitter has been that platform that has been universally used to share ideas. Mm-hmm. And by making it a better place, it's making everybody feel included. And if you have a diversity of thought, it's still acceptable. You should not be canceled just because you disagreed with someone on Twitter or you said a certain thing. You have that ability. So by making it a better place, it's actually making it an inclusive, legit, legitimately inclusive than what the platform like the, the the liberal way of looking at things is has shifted from hey let's bring everyone together but we've noticed like the descent go from wars of like if you don't really agree with us we're gonna shun you we're gonna take you out of this we're gonna do whatever mm-hmm. and elon is just like i'm a liberal at heart and this is not the way liberal movements should go it's it's become very very far <sighs> left and and it's becoming like where everybody's not really allowed to share a thought by without being um, 
subjugated to like a shadow ban or being suspended. But when people talked about about Tesla, he got them um, kicked off the platform. What do you mean? When people talked bad about Tesla, they got punishment for that. How so? Listen, when people talked bad about Tesla, Elon Musk had like had them either like fired from the company um and or banned off twitter like there's things that elon musk has done for people that talk bad about him so it feels counteractive and one thing that we notice about all of billionaires when it comes to media companies or platforms that control how the mass majority of people think they do it to protect themselves as well Mm -hmm. you know so i feel like as altruistic as it looks i think he also wants to protect himself from whatever backlashes can happen so if something's happening in his texas plant for example he'll have the power to um, you know, turn down whatever's happening on Twitter, they, they, he'll have that power, and we can't think that that's not a reality. Of course, but like you have to look at it like this. I mean, the significance of Tesla and let's say Je- Jeff Bezos are not the same. Cat, how's it? Like, no, it's bro, it's it's facts because Bezos controls like it's like the virtual Walmart. Not everyone is gonna own a Tesla, like. I'd like to own a Tesla, but do I really have a desire to go buy a Tesla? No. So if I control like the world economy, like like a newspaper publication such as the Washington Post, I can manipulate information for my own business, which is like one of the large world's largest retailers. Elon Musk, as much as like Tesla is huge, not everyone can afford a Tesla, so no one really cares. Yeah, but people are gonna work at Tesla. So so it's basically well, what fraction of like the population is gonna go try and work so, at so Tesla? Those, so that's, that's that that population is not worth being protected? It's not worth okay, but we're talking about what is being protected here though. Because for example, in um Tesla there's a lot of racial discrimination losses going on. Mm-hmm. Like one guy was awarded hundred and thirty seven million dollars for all the racial discrimination that's been going on with him and in the company. Do you think that that guy's going to, once Elon Musk takes over Twitter, do you think that that guy would have the exact same voice level as somebody complaining about Amazon? Probably not. I mean, why would he not, though? Because if I own that platform, I'm going to, you know, turn down his voice. So the scenario you're painting right here is that a, let's say, let's call him uh, David, mm-hmm. has been awarded 100, and, you said 100 million? Yeah, over $100 million. $100 million Yeah, million. it actually just got turned down to like 12 or 15 million around there. But it was originally like $137 So million. Elon Musk, so he experienced <coughs> a racial uh, experience at Tesla. Mm-hmm. And he got awarded $15 million. Mm-hmm. But don't racial experiences happen in many offices and workplaces in America? Exactly. Okay, but those people speak about it freely. Mm-hmm. And so, they and they're fine. And they're fine. But when it happens that a Tesla manu- manufacturer, yeah. it gets you know downplayed okay. uh, across social media platforms because the owner owns, or well, across Twitter specifically because Elon Musk owns Twitter. And what happens if he scales? You know what I'm saying? Like what happens if he, his power and people are trying to like say, hey, something's happening to Elon Musk, and they're you know downplaying him on, on shadow banning him on Twitter. I think that the, the, there's a possibility of that, but I think the magnitude of the effect of him choosing only Tesla employees mm-hmm. is significantly small towards what the masses are going to be using the platform for. Okay. And, and, you know, like, as unfortunate as it is that this person is, you know, going through racial experience, mm-hmm. and especially as a, as a black man, of course, like, we deal with racism every day, mm-hmm. right? But 
to the degree I'm going to go really spew Tesla uh, information on how it's treated every day, that fire is going to like last for a couple of days and it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. So even though he does that, he doesn't really have the motivation to do it because it's him against like this little guy. And like, okay, if you're telling me there's many cases of like racism. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, what do you call it? Um, it's like a, it's throughout the entire company, bro. It's not like a one case thing. It's like people are calling people nigga like 60 times. Like that, love. that's what's going on, bro. That, yeah. Okay. So, so when it was, so when it, it's systematic, is what I was thinking about. Systematic There's racism. a systematic racism going on. I remember, thing is too is that Elon Musk is from South Africa. Mm-hmm. Remember, apartheid ended in 1993. You know, so he's been in, in apartheid as as a youngin. You know, so this could be something that is a belief of his that we don't know. We. And we go back to what we always say. We don't Let's know what we don't it. know. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know Elon Musk personally. We yes. can only take him at face value for what he's trying to do and what he's communicated. Back about, like, we're watching a decoy voice a couple, like, uh, 15 minutes ago. Okay. And I was telling you, okay, I I like to deal with things in black and white. Okay. Uh, I like, if this is the information you presented to me, okay, Tesla is racist and this facts. I'm like, okay. Tesla is racist. Mm-hmm. I disagree with that fact. I can I can also agree with what Elon is trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. To the degree of him shadow banning and doing all these things, I don't have that information yet to like say he's going to do that. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We, don't know. we, don't know. we were talking hypothetically. Hypothetically. Here. Yeah. But from him, like actually saying what he's saying, to go against and shadow ban people who he's employed to like make their voice not heard. That's kind of contradictory to what he wants to do. So if he really believes in that, it's like, A, make your company really good towards and welcoming all people from different backgrounds and let them do whatever. Take out people who are saying these like derogatory terms to people. And if people disagree, people want to communicate that, you have to have the balls to let to take the hits on the platform and, and say, hey, like, yo, I know he this does. guy works at Tesla and I disagree with it, but he has a right to do that. And fundamentally i believe elon musk does believe that like even though you disagree hopefully with me, hopefully hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. yeah i'm just calling a flag like yeah you know, yeah this could happen yeah you should be worried especially seeing that his company one of the, the company that he's known for has all these incidents going on mm-hmm. and he that same owner is now going to be running twitter mm-hmm. is it possible for him to for the ceo to be the voice of the culture of that company mm-hmm. you know and then impact what's going on yeah. you know so that's that's one thing that i'm flagging like yo this hopefully is not bad because yo honestly i was someone who really wanted to test like when I mean, people would talk about like what you car really you want to push that bro tesla. i wanted to push it not what, but, what is it what is it about a tesla that really intrigued you because i've never really fancied those cars really never i just feel like it's just like it looks like a regular whip like it doesn't really make me feel high. It status. does not look like a regular whip. You know, you know when you see on driving and you see Aston Martin. Okay, but that's like over luxury. Like Tesla is is, you know, aiming to be like, I won't say affordable luxury, but like everyday luxury. You know what I'm saying? Aston Martin, I feel like is, you know, trying to make a status symbol. You know, whereas Tesla is more like it's just innovation more. So, so, so you like the Tesla for the innovation? I think it's an innovative car for sure. You know what I'm saying? The self driving, how the yeah. dashboard is. Um, yeah. the the electric like when you like gas it it's a different vibe so you like the gimmicks of it 
It's not a gimmick. It's, it's the reality. So, like you don't have to pay for gas. It's not a. It's not a gimmick. Bro, it's like, the reality. To go and find gas. To find an electric charging station. That's it's like, not that hard. What do you mean it's not that hard? You can find it in most condos nowadays. Condos are building it. The infrastructure is coming. Shout out Josh Aviv. Um, Spark Aviv. Charge. Is, Spark you can, you can have that. A, there's a charging station in this. Uh, in public, this building. Public. Yeah, like the Daniels. Area. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I like Tesla. Save man. save money on gas. Especially gas prices rising. Exactly. It's like $3 a gallon. Exactly. Every company is moving towards electric vehicles. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't can't see myself. There's actually, like, some conspiracy theories. Like, you know what we're talking about? How, uh, like, these digital IDs are coming soon. And you can be putting information in, like, your banking. Mm -hmm. Eventually, like, with gas cars going to be on the decline, with electric cars on the the rise, Mm -hmm. they'll be able to block you out of, like, entering your own car. Wow. So, like, they say, oh, you've actually used... You, you're, remember the whole thing I told you about the carbon footprint? Mm-hmm. You'll be able now to only travel a certain distance, and once you've reached your cap, they can lock you out of your own car because the they'll be able to control through the, the Tesla circuit boards and the, the, the car... Like, you'll be able to put in your information into the system, mm-hmm. and they can actually just stop you from, like, traveling. The same way, like, they can freeze your bank account... It's the same way they, they can, can freeze actually, your car. They can freeze your car because the technology exists now. For so if sure. you want to like make a move somewhere else, they'll be able to track you and be like, okay, yo, you've already gone to, let's say we drove to Milton. Yeah, I got, I got you. <laughs> you know got you. Like this is like a Black Mirror episode. It's a Black Mirror where, episode. Where, where someone's committed a crime that he probably didn't commit and now he's trying to run for it because he thinks that he's guilty. Like, yo, and then you've used up all your your your, your tokens. For yeah, week. got you. Like that is an element of control that's coming. Really? Yes. They say they say you'll own nothing and you will be happy. Mm. You'll own, bro. Like people are pissed about Elon Musk buying Twitter, mm. but they don't even see Bill Gates buying up all the farmland, all the farmland. in America. Yeah. They don't see uh, BlackRock, like uh, the, the 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 banking company that controls like a majority of the world's banks, buying all the properties in in the world. Mm-hmm. So like like they'll like control everything, bro. So you don't even be able to own property. Like it's gonna be harder for our kids because they're gonna be living in this like very technology driven society where it's like they, where they have everything. more control. Yeah. 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 So it's 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 so messed up. And I think instead of us, I mean, like Twitter is big because we use it like culturally. It's like a, it plays a major part. But I think we should be worried about a lot of bigger things like. You know, randomly, a lot of food plants are being burned down. What? Yeah, man. A lot of, like, potato chip factories, a lot of, like, different places. Like, they're talking about a lot of food. Food plants are burning down? Food shortages. They've been talking about it. And, like, all these plants are just uh, being burned down randomly. Like, like, how is this, you know, happening in random? 18. Yeah. Hold on. This is the last EV magazine. Now, I'm not trusting that. Snopes, EV magazine. I have no idea what the hell that is. All right, so I'm trying to find a good news source. Elon Musk is like the revenge. Like, man, it's like he's legit the real world Superman. Like, he's Iron Man. Iron Man. He's going against the establishment. He is going against the establishment. You know, like now. Biden is forming a ministry of truth. Like, what the heck? Like, to really... So, soon as Elon buys the Twitter, he says that uh, 
uh, we're gonna form a ministry of truth to really control like the information, bro. They really wanna like censor us like to the T. And that's what's scary. Like even us YouTubers, uh, everyone, if you're gonna be making content, we spoke about this in the past episode, the bill, B- bill 11, uh, censorship is becoming it's bill c11 yeah, yeah it's real so what do you see what do you see about the food plants nothing bro there's nothing here that's like from a reputable source like ev, EV magazine EV? no i they, don't they trust like 10 girls on the cover yeah this looks this doesn't look trustworthy at all i won't trust this to give me information so yeah there's nothing here that's really from like a new source that looks looks or sounds trustworthy that i've at least heard from so I don't know. Maybe there's some, there's a politic, politic fact. I have no idea what these websites are, so I'm not gonna trust. I don't want to spew anything. So we have to look into that. Yeah, you know we're saying conspiracy it, theory for now. It's a, it's a major thing that's happening, and I think if you're really interested, you know, do your own research and see how it's really gonna affect the economy. Yes, do your own research, yeah. big gem. Yo, do you think Trump's gonna be back on Twitter? It'll be good for him to be back, be back on Twitter. Do you think he will though? I think yeah, he should be back. Like. I, the thing is, what Elon stands for, it's he wants to, you know, make everyone, like, for example, like Donald Trump, like, what was he saying that got him banned? Like, just because the Twitter people didn't like him talking on the thing, so they got him banned. Was it like the whole January 6th thing? Yeah. Okay. But it's, it doesn't constitute for him to be banned, though. Uh, all right. We talked about this. You know, what constitutes, what, what should a platform be held accountable for? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The, the, yeah, because if you want to rehash that conversation, like where should where should a, a platform with what we be know accountable? now? Like let's let's actually revisit this now. Sure. With, with the new with the new with the new stuff happening now, should he be do? I'll I'll bring it to you. Should he be allowed back? I think you should never really be kicked off. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think there needs to be like content that goes against what he's saying, um, but. The question is, it's not that I should be kicked off. It should platforms be held liable, mm. you know? If uh, a platform sees somebody uh, about to murder somebody, planning a murder against somebody, should they be liable for seeing that trend happen to somebody and not doing anything about that? What do you think? Because that's why you got kicked off. It wasn't because of what you said. It was because they would be held liable. I think we need to know who is the one, who's the judge towards, like, what is the due diligence process to say, because I can say, hey, I'm going to go, yo, I'm going to kill you, right? Mm-hmm. And remember, we're looking at technology here. I'm reading a tweet. So the way you interpret what I said versus the way I said it can mean two different things. I can say, bro, I'm going to kill you if you do that. Right. And the tonality of what I'm saying is like in a very lighthearted, joking manner where even if I'm saying to someone, you as a person who's looking at the relationship or like the tweet, you don't know us in real life. You're seeing what you're reading online. So to really hammer down onto these little things, there needs to be like a bigger, advanced way of really looking at is this really uh, factual or not? But the thing with Trump, it's interesting because he's the president of America. Mm -hmm. Right. But between you and I, it gets difficult to really see if that is facts or not and to really understand the tonality if it was a video and you can see my body language you can hear my voice you can see the rage and i have a history of saying that then i'll be like okay hey uh we've noticed i like we've noticed a couple things and whatever we are going to temporarily 
uh, ban your account because showing the strikes, hey, you use the word kill repetitively, you said this and this and that, that I'm okay with. But the thing Trump that is is very like in the in the in the uh, gray area, the gray area is because he didn't really say go burn down the house. He was just like talking about how outraged he was for losing the election. And by the fact that he was outraged, people decided to go storm the thing. But if he says go burn down the Capitol, like the, the whatever, then be like, yo, whoa, 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 like let's like. Let's 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 suspend your account for now because you're actually literally saying go do this and whatever. But him just showing rage for like his disdain for what happened, and someone just saying, "Hey, like we're gonna say we're gonna ban you because you were talking about how pissed you are because you lost the election, and this is the way you feel about or it." Or feels like he doesn't lose the election. He doesn't feel like he lose the election. We're gonna ban you. That's that's the thing about it, man. It's just like I think. The, the guidelines, they as I said before, they're moving the goalposts every single day. And we're, we're allowing someone with a liberal arts degree in Twitter's office to like look at that and be like, okay, I'm going to ban his account. Oh, I don't, like the way he, I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the way he said this. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. So that's where I come from. Mm. I hear you. I honestly don't have an opinion as yet, man. I still need to... Like, like You're formulating. Formulating my opinion, you know. And honestly... I'm not sure if I'm the right person to speak on it as yet, you know? Like, I really want to, like, learn to get more information over it because I realize I'm so deep in my own business mm-hmm. that I don't have the, the bandwidth to dive into everything going on to really have a strong opinion on it as of yet. And that's the kind of the, the crux of, of working too much that can really affect you is when you get so into your own cycle of work that you don't have enough time to to pull your head up to start looking at everything going on in the world yeah. and start reassociating, and then you can just look at the news and get a quick hit of what the news is and think that you know what's going on, and that that can lead you to be misinformed or um, you know it uninformed. Takes, it takes a lot of time and effort to really go out there and search for information yourself. Yeah, like at the hands of our fingertips, we have Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and like now you're seeing all these Twitter accounts like that make fake quotes of different NBA players saying certain things. And you're like, oh, Zion Williamson is ready to play in game six. I'm like, yo, they just got eliminated. And someone who doesn't follow basketball, you can see that. Like, For example, I think you said this earlier. I'm like, yo, does Alex know the Pelicans just got eliminated? And I'm like, yo, who who tweeted that? And you're like, Hoop Central. But I'm like, I think I saw that tweet, and I remember him saying, Zion Williamson has informed the Pelicans that he is not ready to play for game six. But instinctively when you look at that picture you're gonna see he's ready to play for game six but you just taking that snap bit of information now you're like yo hell like zion's playing i'm like nah bro i I don't think (laughs) i don't think he's that they're eliminated it's stuff like that that you know people who are lazy don't want to really like get into it yo we got we got some how's how's the tiktok doing man someone wanted to go live with us for a second yo yo let him go live i think this let's be like a wanna let him go live all right Hey, ask us again to go live, and we will, we will let you in. How many viewers are watching? Uh, zero. <laughs> we had people come in, though. Shout, shout out to um, Coco. She came in. Shout out to um, the Diamond family. He said just became a top one viewer. Um, someone said, uh, sent, sent a finger heart. So people are are interacting. If you're following us at 24-7-Hustler on Twitter, 
go do that go do that you know so yeah yeah so that, that's my take on the whole thing like i think trump should be back uh, from what we know and like what we saw while he got banned i don't think it constant he's the one who was uh, saying go do it i just think some people yeah he had influence but hey a lot of people have influence on certain things but it doesn't mean they should like, get completely banned from a platform yeah most definitely so yo let's talk about netflix yeah. You know, that is um, something that's funny. Is coming down. Yeah, man. I don't, I don't know who could have guessed it. I don't know who would have called it. it. Exactly, fam. I am the one who guessed it. I, I I said it years ago. You're the oracle. I don't know. You're like you're like the the business oracle. Like don't you make kill predictions me. on certain things and, and like see, somehow some way they just come true. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. What do you think about Netflix losing? I, I won't take credit for that. I'll let you say it. Yeah. You know, um, what do you think about Netflix losing two hundred thousand subscribers, bro? I think it's just the spirit of the times. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at what Netflix has been over the past fifteen years, from going from a mailer company to becoming like this platform where you can stream anything and offer anything at any time, it was so unheard of. They were the first mover towards the market. They came in with a refreshing offering where instead of going to the movies with my family, I can actually sit at home and create my own theater at the crib. And that was a great offering with so much refreshing content. The licensing plays they did with Sony, uh, with Disney, Disney and all these different uh, companies, they created like a package which was so good and very cheap at the time. They sustained that to like a very for a very long time, but I think the pandemic really exposed them, because what happened is that you have all these other platforms who are noticing, okay, why are we giving Netflix our content when we can actually just make our own streaming service and have people pay that? Disney did that. You have HBO doing that. You have Crave. So you have all these different options, and they're taking. Uh, the hit shows that made Netflix good because you have to look at it and I read this in an article what makes a show what makes a service really good is that you have a great catalog and you have shows that continually are forever hits The Office Friends Seinfeld Everyone Loves Raymond all these Fresh like Prince Fresh Prince so when these networks take you know what we're gonna like keep this for ourselves and we're gonna create our own thing and do that so now Netflix is in this position where they're constantly creating new content so example ozarks is done okay i just crushed all of ozarks in four days all right i'm not coming back again so i'm like looking okay why am i paying for this thing when there's no other content i can continue watch like the office which kept me here because they're being pulled back so all the time warner all these other companies can keep their thing so now they're like in this space of like uh continually creating new content like Finding Anna. I mean, I never really liked that show to begin with, but mm-hmm. it was like hyped up and people leave Finding Anna. They watch Finding Anna. They continue moving on. So now you have that's happening. So like their content play strategy just continually dwindled down and they've lacked a focus on really realigning on what's really going to make people stay and not just here for the glitz and glamour shows and whatever. And uh, of course, they thought like cinemas are going to be gone forever. But I think now we're seeing that people actually enjoy this the experience of being in a big screen, being part of the movie, 
and now we're realizing that we can watch as many stuff at home but we actually like that experience of going going to movies, out you know and that's a, a timeless experience that's been here for decades yeah and you thought you can replace that you can right so now they have to be innovative like okay what are you gonna do live sports if they have live sports on netflix i'll be like a great loyal subscriber like imagine just turning on the raptors I was and not about that. finding like <laughs> streams online just to yeah. watch that man so I think that's that, and of course the war, man. They pull out the Russia stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they don't want the Russians. So they lost like seven hundred subscribers. Seven hundred thousand subscribers. Exactly. So I don't know how they're gonna come back from this, man. And they're predicting they're gonna lose more. Probably, I think. Well, the competition stick, like, you, like you're saying, and the promise they originally made to us is no longer there. No promise. The promise was usually was originally. I'll say that again. The promise was originally like $10 per month yeah. for quality content, content that would be at scale. So you could have a ton of variety um, and hit shows, right? So what I mentioned previously was that now that Disney is, is on Netflix's ass, they're gonna um, not going to renew their licensing. So what... What I predicted was like years ago. I'm like, oh, the license up in like X years. Once that license up, they ain't renewing. They're yeah. taking their content yeah. and they're going. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening now. So Netflix has to create content to keep up with the demand. So they have like way more demand than they have supply. Yeah. You know. So right now they're trying to like figure out how to fill fill all that in because mm-hmm. everyone's just consuming the content like that because they can consume it so quickly, which has never been happened before yeah, in, in in history. And you see, and you see the way like the shows are being released. Like, would you rather? Them, for example, Ozarks, like we're both big fans of that show. Yeah, would you rather them release an episode like a day or give you everything at once? I mean, I think what they did with like the part one, part two, I think that was good because it kept us coming back. Like, we're, we're subscribed for a while now, but a lot of the trends of the shows is like they'll just put the whole season, yeah, in the thing, and it kind of kills the joy of watching it. Watching it, I man. think they should have like staggers. Like, I feel like how they did with Ozarks was too long. But like, yeah. they could have like had like maybe like once a month, once every two months, like parts that drop, mm-hmm. like maybe three episodes every other month yeah. would be fire. And you're you know? savoring those episodes, like yeah. Crazy, you know, like even like Top Boy, man. Top Boy, just everyone. And you just wax that one time. Everything everyone's talking about on the time. I'm like, Facts. bro, like we we all haven't watched it. So like, I think you're creating like the the discourse about the shows is ruining the experience for everyone who hasn't watched it. Yeah. And like I watch it, I'm like, okay, what other shows am I gonna watch? Like and the thing is about watching a show on Netflix, it's an investment. Especially if you're not familiar with it. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, am I gonna invest in this show? I've never heard of it. Yeah. So like to have discovery, it's like hard because a lot of us don't have time. That's a fact. So how do you think they're gonna play it out now to actually uh keep driving more revenue they're saying they're gonna do the ads platform right yeah man it just sounds very it's gonna be like youtube now so like if i have like a free if i have a netflix light that's free so i'm watching a show it's not even gonna be free it's gonna be like a dollar or like something like that then with ads right like that just ruins it. the thing that the gold of netflix is to watch anything and whatever you want uninterrupted yeah now yeah. i'm watching it's like a, a the climax of the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, bye, uh, Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I'd hate on, that. Man. Like, Bro, uh, you know what I was thinking? I think it would be sick for Netflix. What? So basically, here's what I think. It would be very interesting and petty. If 
Netflix did what Disney does. What's that? They do merch. They do products through their marketing, right? Like, you buy Mickey Mouse shit for your kids because of the character on Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you buy merch from the NBA because of the content you watch. Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, um, with that movie that went super big, um, what was the suicide movie? Which one? One of the game show movie. Uh... Was it the Asian one, Japanese one? Yeah, the, the Squid Game. Squid Game. Squid Game. Jeez. They made like uh, merch with it. Bro, they made merch with Squid Game, and that sold out. You know, vans went crazy. White vans went crazy. Mm. The merch from the store, from from the content of the characters, went crazy. And one one thing Netflix is still good at is creating or finding good content. You know, so Top Boy merch. You know, what I'm saying like things like that could really be a revenue generating. Because there's a lot of people, even uh, Seinfeld merch, too. Seinfeld merch, you know. But they have to have it specific because they're creating new content, right? Gotcha. But they can't. They couldn't do it for the license of science. Seinfeld's like, give me that. Jerry, <laughs> you know, Jerry Seinfeld. He's going to come for and that. And Larry David, they're like, bruh, like. Come for that. <laughs> give me, <laughs> Swing give that. Me, pay me. Exactly. You know, like, fuck you, pay me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, oh, you don't have your rent on time? Fuck you, pay me. Oh, your child needs daycare money? Fuck you, pay me. Like. <laughs> Everything was just like I don't care about you. Yeah, F- give you me that coin. Me. That would be. I think that could be the lane though for Netflix. Yeah, I think especially so. how they have a lot of baby um, content as well. Like yeah. they're having kids grow up on Netflix. Yeah. The the relationship is so you know close. Mm-hmm. So if they had like conventions and shit like that for their whole audience to like galvanize in, I think right. that could be the it's, next move. I completely, I'm finding myself looking at other because I told you the other day I enjoy watching these gritty crime shows mm-hmm. the, the British know how to make those shows really good so I, I, I'm there's this one show I like called Line of Duty okay and I saw this show crush the five, first five seasons I even told my sister I was like yo sis you gotta check out because she also likes the same kind of shows I do right um, and I was like she we were, this is early in the pandemic I was like yo bro like you know that Line of Duty show is unreal so five seasons so I wanted to watch it again but I realized they took out the first four seasons and that only left me with the last season. I'm like, what the hell, Line of Duty? Then I realized I went searching online. They scrapped that because now there's like a service called BritBox. So you have all the best TV shows that like are from Line Britain. of Duty, uh, uh, Luther. Remember Luther with Idris yep, Elba? Yeah. Like everything. They took out everything and they're putting it within this uh, BritBox platform. So mm, I was thinking about like maybe subscribing like to it. Cause they like I like the I like the detective shows. That's all I watch. So I'm like, okay, if all I watch is detective shows and they have movies too, yeah, why not just give it a trial? Netflix is getting eBayed right now. eBayed? Yeah, like eBay at one point was like the dominant platform yeah. for having for all the marketplaces. Then there now there's Grail, there's Poshmark, there's this that, there's this every form of eBay is eBay's like there, you know. It was like a David versus Goliath. Like, they were like Goliath for a long time. A minute. Oh, my goodness, bro. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just it's just funny to see, man, because I remember I wanted to buy Netflix shares. Yeah. Back in, like, early on. I remember I was like, you know, I was telling Nadine back in the day. I was just like, yo, I want to buy Netflix shares. It was like $180 a share back in, like, 2014. Mm-hmm. This is when I started learning about investing. And... You know, I'm, I'm making, like, small money from Good Life, and I got to pay bills. So, like, to buy a share, to buy two shares, that's, like, half a rent mm-hmm. right then and there. And lo and behold, man, I really missed my chance, like, to really see that the, the share price rise up. Of Netflix. Of Netflix. It rose to, like, five bills a share. 
but now it's like drastically gone down you know so would you would you would you cop some more netflix or you think netflix is done i think i have to do the homework behind it but i don't really see a future where they can really re-emerge as being a dominant platform because i think there's other streaming platforms that can watch live sports like the zone right mm-hmm. so i'm like okay if all i want is live streaming sports on like on demand i can just go to the zone if i really want a good movie i can watch netflix if i want whatever i can go amazon prime there's so many things that i can go to now that i don't really see it justifying a share price that can one day come back to like five bills like where it was like king of the hill so do you remember when i said that there's no real white space there's no real blue ocean no real blue ocean Remind me, when did you say this? Give me the context of the conversation, because like, I, I, I was saying, always give credit to you when you, when, you, when you say it to me. So I was saying that at the end of the day, you're always going to be competing. There's no real blue ocean, you know? It's just finding a, competing, a strategy to feel like you are giving your audience a blue ocean. Mm-hmm. But in the actuality, you're always competing. Mm-hmm. So you are saying that any business that thinks they're in a blue ocean a legit in a red, red ocean, ocean, but have created their own little blue within the red. Exactly. But they don't really have uncontested. It's always contested. Yeah. So would you say Apple is in a is a has created a blue ocean? No. Oh, Apple is competing with Android. Apple is competing with a ton of people. It's just that they're in multiple red oceans. But like, but they within those red oceans, they own a big part of the red ocean. Sure. So so they're they're killing a lot of companies. That's kind of depressing to know because you get into business to really dominate. So, like, to think about dominating, and if you are dominating, you're only dominant for a certain time. It's like being a a, a hooper. Like, eventually, you're going to die down. Your limbs and your athleticism is going to not be the same. Like, look at Russell Westbrook. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is a shell of himself. Look at LeBron, as great as he is. We see the defects. Like, there's there's a new kid in town. The new crop, Jason Tatum, like, these guys are coming in, man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we all have a run. And I think we're seeing the run of, like, Netflix. Yeah. Kind of come down. Word. The, the, the competition's thick. I think it's got to go the Disney route. I think, I think they could do good with the Disney route. With the merch, as you said? Yeah, with with product that comes with movies and, and TV shows and, and things that they acquire. Like Netflix. Like, if I can buy that merch off my TV. Yeah, just have a QR code, QR code come, up, come up. You know? Like, it's like, for, like, this thing. Imagine yeah. Those should be the ads. The what? Those should be the ads. Those should be the ads, exactly. Yeah. Right? Like, hey, scan this if you want to buy this, like, costume. Like, it just pops up right then and there. And I scan it. I can, like, check out my size. Or, hey, you want to buy this, like, fork that, like, this guy used in this show? Like, say if it's, like, a... Kind of like a Game of Thrones type right. of thing. And then Netflix would have like a like an API integration with Shopify. Oh my god, that would that's be lit. Cool. We always you know come up with these ideas, and like we're not we're not in these boardrooms like sharing our thoughts. Yeah, we're just talking shit. You know what I'm saying? Hey, if they if they make that shit happen, man, whatever, whatever. But you know who's not talking shit? The artists are about to get paid from Rolling Loud. What is Rolling Loud? Rolling Loud is a festival. Rolling Loud is a, is, a, is a rap festival, to be specific. So it's been in uh, America and not in Toronto? Exactly. It was in Florida. It's been, I think, uh, maybe in... I think Florida was the main spot mm-hmm. that I know of. At least I can speak to. So what's so fascinating about it? It's uh, one of the biggest festivals in culture coming to... Culture. In, in hip-hop culture coming to Canada. 
come to Toronto. So it's a really big opportunity, especially for Canadian artists. You know, not not that many people are, are going to be on the same stage as Future, Dave, Wizkid. You know, but they are they're going to be. There's like a 20 year old rapper named Dom Valley that's from Toronto. Dom Valley. <laughs> Dom Valley sounds like Dom Valley, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Dom Valley, and bro, he's like 20 years old. He made like three songs that that performed well, and now he's going to be on the main stage of okay. Rolling Loud. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. So it's like a, it's a really big opportunity for Toronto artists. I mean, people are saying that it could get shot up though, because there's like so many hoodmans that are in it. Like there's other dudes that are in this in the lineup that are um, beefing with each other. You know what I'm saying? So, so like, it's gonna be like guns and like. Hopefully not. Happening. Hopefully not. You know. Yeah, we, we, in Toronto, we deserve nice things, man. And like you know, like we, it's not every day rolling out an event like Rolling Out Loud comes to the city. Rolling Loud. Rolling Loud. Yeah. You said Rolling Out Loud. You said Rolling Out Loud. Rolling Out Loud. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, somewhere somebody is cringing. Like, cringe. oh, jeez. If I may just skin crawl, just uh, let us know on twenty four seven. Word, word, but yeah. This is a really big, because a lot of times, you know, as creatives, we, we complain about the opportunities that come from mm-hmm. Toronto. But this is a big thing that if this goes well and continues to go, it could be like a real streamline for artists. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they blow up and then go perform at Rolling Loud and that becomes their like, you know, momentous occasion. It's also good for the city's economy. Exactly. You know, it gives people jobs, like it really like brings like tourism to another level. Because, That's a fact. You know, like man's like Dave coming through. Whiskey, if you, so Drake's not going to, I mean, I, I think Drake will make an appearance. I, I, like, there's no way <laughs> this thing is coming to the city and a guy like Drake not at least, like, saying, yo, you can't come to my town and, like, I'm not making a, an appearance. Yeah, I feel like he'd probably make a surprise appearance. Like Drake, like, this guy's yeah. Yeah, where something like this, he has to, he definitely has to touch. I, I, all right, so let's make a bet of where he's going to come out. So he had, there's Baka Not Nice before, I mean, who Baka Not Nice is? Yeah, of course, yeah. Okay. So there's Baka Not Nice. Who I think there's Presser performing. I'm not sure, but TV Gucci is another one that he who he could bring out possibly. Um, Wizkid, Wizkid and Drake have have songs featuring Drake. The future's definitely bringing out Drake. What am I saying? Oh, yo, what am I saying? Album? Definitely. There's even Dave, like you know, like definitely. I'm running the money. Like whoa. Mm-hmm. I like this music career, fam. Yeah, bro. We were talking last night, everyone, and I was talking. Uh, we were with Dorcas, and we're doing like, our meeting, and we were talking about dreams we had, and like you know, she used to be an engineer, now she's a videographer. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I, I wish I, I I was an actor. If I could be like an understudy, an actor, I feel like I've accomplished my goal of that dream. Of seeing myself on the big stage and seeing myself on TV. I actually did a commercial with Colin. Uh, Nadine and I did a Raptors commercial way back in the day. I remember. Remember that commercial? Yes, yeah, we did that. So it was the, the best thing about it was my mom actually uh, called me. He's like, hey, what? I saw you at like whatever. I'm like on TV. I was watching the Raptors. I'm like, that was the best thing ever. Like my mom's randomly watching the game because she's also a Raptor fan too. And she sees the game and the commercial comes up. I was like, oh. Is that, is that, uh, and so you can rewind the thing and she sees me and it was like the best moment ever because it's just kind of like like mama I made it kind of moment. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of the ones and uh, I just want to do like a show I want to feel like a star I want to do a lot of things in my life uh, apart from business uh, multiple careers that I always want to do I want to be a fisherman I want to be a butcher 
I want to be a um, I want to be a fisherman I want to be a butcher I want to act I want to play in a golf tournament mm, I see that for you um, um, the fisherman and butcher I, I'm trying to connect like where does that so I feel like naturally I see I, I want to be within like the grungy work I want to be doing a lot of stuff like being out in the ocean and the sea okay. stuff that is away from what I've grown up to like okay business entrepreneurship white collar job whatever mm-hmm. I legit want to do many different jobs that involve me being out and interacting with other people like to really cut meat catch nature and uh, serve people man because I've always been enamored by being a butcher like seeing them cut meat package it up put it within like the the grinder pack you know like and being within that is there's an essence about it that really they're, they're serving people so mm. and fishermen it's being in the water being connected with nature it's peace you're away from the city and uh catching fish is an art mm. so i want to i want to really work on my artistry in that position and i can actually say i've lived a full life where i changed my career multiple times i was like man i was a world famous podcaster about business. I built a multi million dollar business. I won a golf tournament that was recognized, and I played with a lot of great players. I spent a year on the sea catching salmon. I spent a year in, in uh, let's say Italy, being a butcher, right? Mm-hmm. And when I have grandkids, I can tell them, "Hey, granddad, like, how was your life? Tell me." It's like you know, when I was my 39, 40, I spent a year being a butcher i did i won this golf tournament i took a year off and i practiced my game and i i won this tournament and tiger woods was there those moments where you can say i lived a very full life i'm excited to challenge myself and do those type of things interesting yeah living a life of versatility i think is definitely key because then you feel like you followed your heart yeah and not just lived by someone else's like Mm -hmm thought process man and there's also beauty in doing things that are not conventional maybe working at a coffee shop mm-hmm. you have the ability to go find a corporate job and like make six figures if you want but just being in a coffee shop playing coffee shop music making coffee for people or espressos or cappuccinos lattes and being happy with that that is like what I want to chase because once you reach a level where you know I can always go back to that life mm-hmm. I have a safety net I have the qualifications I worked hard but let me chase the finer things in life maybe let me go be a farmer let me go work let me do uh, these smaller jobs let me go be a, a care like taker mm-hmm. I think those things really mold you and they build your character was that always a thinking process of yours or was that something that you've come to as of recent i think i've come to it recently to be honest because i always visualize myself as becoming very successful and wealthy and that is something that i'm i'm gonna work hard to do Mm -hmm. but i really started defining what success is to me and success to me is more about doing the things that are intrinsically intuitively happening right now and i'm trusting my gut and doing that so let's say i can say i want to quit my job and go to Columbia and work in the farm fields over there or I can want to go I want to go back home and like work at a, at a beach club and just be happy with that I think intuitively there's a certain p- 
path that's going to take you towards that you might go to a beach club you might meet this person and you end up living like a life of purpose meaning that you never really faked the funk like you legit did what you wanted to do when you wanted to do it and you did not mind not living the way you lived before because i think your living situation changes all the time like okay i'm here in this condo but i can easily go back and share space with other guys and like you know live live whatever mm-hmm. i can come back to this if i want to but the ability to do that and just like be okay with it and not feel like the societal pressures of becoming this person i think if you let go of that and choose to do it because you want to do it i think that's a very successful life beautifully said man i was work towards wrapping up bro what do you have what do we have coming up this week we have we have uh, we're recording with uh, Steve. We're we're doing our first show at a winery. Yes, traveling. Yes, traveling to do a documentary style podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. gonna be exciting. We got uh, you know, we're getting back into the swing of things. We're we you know we had a great meeting. I'm gonna put more content out, which I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. But other than that, um, nothing. But I also want to give a shout out to my 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 boy Charles. We had a conversation yesterday when I went to see him. And we spoke about this idea about showing up. And it, it, it comes with the idea of what success is. And showing up is more than just physically showing up. Showing up is about if I go to bed today and I look back, did I show up? Did I show up in every conversation? Did I show up in every interaction? Did I show up for you today? Did I give you my best? Mm-hmm. Was I present? Mm-hmm. Did I do my bed the best way that I can? It's about living life with taking every action seriously and doing it the best of your ability, and it builds towards your success. So, what is success? You know, success is it's like the, it's the progressive realization towards a worthy ideal. What is that ideal for you? And if you work on those steps and you show up mentally, spiritually, physically, and you're ready to go. That is like the best way to become successful in my opinion. So it really made me look at what success is. And I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna do the dishes, I'm gonna do the dishes the best way that I can. If I'm gonna clean the carpet, I'm not gonna I'm gonna walk away from that carpet and be like, I did my best at that job. And I think forming these behaviors, it allows you to really translate those skills to other things that are gonna build onto your success because you're now molding into a person who's actually serious about everything you do and people sense that people watch he brought this example of he was at a restaurant and a a waitress was serving him and and his cousin and he was so the service he got from this lady she was so attentive she educated him on the meals she checked up on him she was so showed up for her job even though she's a waitress but it left such a great impression on charles where he felt compelled to tell me bro, this waitress today, like, I'm going to write a review for her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know, like, what happened, but she showed up for us. Mm-hmm. And I felt so inspired because I was like, you know what? I'm never going to leave anything. I'm never going to go to bed and say, if I did two tasks, did I show up for those tasks? And I think if I do that, and if you do that, I think you will live a very successful life no matter what because you did not, you did not cheat someone out of effort. Mm. And you did not cheat yourself out of effort, man. So I want to leave everyone with that. As we go into this week, show up for yourself. Show up for everything that you're going to do. If you're going to talk to your mom, show up and be present in that conversation. 
if you're going to say hi to someone, be there and actually be present and don't leave that interaction. Like, did I really cheat him of my best and being vulnerable and actually talking to them, talking to them and telling them how I'm doing? It's these little things that really make you into a very successful person the way you want to define success. Yeah. But I just wanted to share that with you because it really impacted me and it really molded the way I look at how I'm going to live my life day to day and uh, taking every action with seriousness because I know it's going to build on to the next action. That's a fact. Showing up daily. Daily. For everything. Everything. Show up, man. Show up like and it's going to do wonders. Because it shows. It shows. Most definitely. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, hustle is what you can't control. So control your grind and control your life. I'm Alex. And I'm Owen Osinde. And that's the episode, y'all. Peace.